0: From our international news desk of farming portal agri newsnet and red de noticias agricolas we created this audiocast production california produces more than 90 percent of all wine made in the united states a 43.6 billion dollars industry it is also the fourth largest wine producer in the world the beverage is quintessential to the state's self-image as europe's carefree kid sister of America's arrival and clout in the international wine market. And yet, as land in the state becomes drier and fires burn hotter, activists across the country are challenging California's glittering self-conception. Despite its status as a luxury good, wine, at the end of the day, is an agricultural product and needs to be treated as such, says activist and sommelier Jade Marley. Agriculture accounts for more than 70% of all water usage in the state, the vast majority of which is held by billionaire megafarmers with a chokehold on California's bewilderingly complex water rights. In Napa and Sonoma, the heart of California's wine industry, investors from South Korea, Australia, and Arkansas have recently paid $250 million, $315 million, and $180 million for vineyards, respectively. Even California Governor Gavin Newsom's company, Plumpjack, recently purchased $14.5 million vineyard in Napa. However, the seizure of land by the ultra powerful to make wine in the state is nothing new. California's winemaking industry began in the 18th century when a vast wave of Spanish priests arrived and constructed Catholic missions, Santa Cruz, San Jose, Santa Barbara, across the state's spine. There, Franciscan priests grew rows of imported pays grapes for sacrament, forcing hundreds of indigenous tribes from their ancestral lands in the process. Given this history of colonization, wealth inequality and the ongoing climate crisis, activists say that change in the industry is both imminent and necessary. In California and beyond, a new generation of winemaker activists is using hybrid and indigenous grapes to create transformational change. The movement, which Jade Marley calls anything but vinifera, or ABV, seeks to use wine and ferments as a vehicle to enact land justice, social justice, and food justice, all of which ties back to agriculture. The 280 project, located at Alemany Farm in San Francisco, is considered by many to be the heart of the ABV movement. The farm is nestled between the Alemany Apartments, 158 units of much-needed affordable housing in a city with the highest rents in the country, and Interstate 280. Among a sea of grapes, the car horns are a disorienting reminder of the challenges of growing food in a system designed for semi-trucks instead of land stewards. For Christopher Renfro and Jania Church, though, the interstate is a source of inspiration. You listening to an audio cast production from our international news desk and production. Studios in 2020, in collaboration with the winemaker Steve Mathiason, that vision materialized into a full-blown apprenticeship program. Each year, five students can learn about all aspects of winemaking, from climate-adaptive farming techniques to the benefits of hybrid grapes. When the first application opened, spots filled up in less than five minutes. Hybrids are the result of two, cross-bred grapes, usually Vitus vinifera and another native grape. They often require less water, or no water at all, which is a boon in drought-prone California, and can grow in more diverse climates than their Vitus vinifera counterparts. Despite their recent popularity, wines made from fruits and native grapes have existed for millennia. The belief that only vitus vinifera could be called wine is the result of colonialism, which created a singular, exclusive definition of wine, says Marley. Recent evidence suggests that the first wines were made with indigenous grapes more than 9,000 years ago at Jiahu in Neolithic China. The original wine was a botanical co-ferment, says Marley, referring to the fact that combining grapes with other fruits, herbs and spices is nothing new. Despite this history, indigenous grapes, co-ferments and hybrids have been deeply stigmatized in European winemaking. The first hybrid grapes were planted in the 19th century, when a small pest called Phylloxera decimated the European wine industry. By the 1880s, the Phylloxera rampage cut France's vibrant and essential industry in half, causing the price of wine to skyrocket. But scientists struggled to determine how the Phylloxera had arrived in Europe, and if they could stop it. Once scientists realized that the American vines were resistant to the pest, they used grafting to combine the vitus vinifera science, Pinot Noir, Cabernet Sauvignon, Champagne, with the American, Phylloxera-resistant rootstock. In a rush to outpace the Phylloxera, almost every vineyard in France was replanted with these vines, the world's very first hybrids. According to Lambright, Calchi's director of external business, Calci's vision toward climate justice is inextricably bound to the dismantling of racism, sexism and colonialism in wine. They point out that there can't really be a full decolonization of European wine, because it's steeped in a legacy of indigenous land theft, enslavement and economic exclusion. There can, however, be a reclamation of the pan-cultural origins of wine, from the botanical co-ferments of ancient times to Calci's cranberry and hybrid blends today. People are hopeful when they can touch the thing. When something seems so far away, it feels hopeless, says Marley. Nearness, feeling your hands in the soil and viscerally understanding that a different world is possible, is necessary for change. This was another audio cast production from the International News Desk and Studios of CRA Media International in Los Angeles, USA. We shared this audio cast internationally with our media partners in Europe and the USA.